Welcome, everyone, to the 24th episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher, and a brand-new co-host joining us, Jackson Didlake. How y'all doing today? Doing good. Uh, I'm doing absolutely awesome, but i just give it away to Jackson. I mean, it's the first time on the show. Um, how does it feel to be on? Feels good. Appreciate you reaching out. Uh, looking forward to talking a little bit of uh, NFL football here. Um, in case y'all didn't know, um, quick shout out to Jackson uh, YouTube channel, about 60,000 subscribers right now. Uh, JND Productions, uh, go give him a subscribe. Uh, really, really great content there. Appreciate, um, it. But Appreciate it. Let's get into some week nine predictions, starting with tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night football. We got the Packers traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers. N- not the most exciting game for how San Francisco has been looking, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. They're, it's their future outlook with, you know, Garoppolo going down and George Kittle are both expected to miss um, a considerable amount of time. So, I mean, offensively, they don't really have the outlook of that gives you too much hope. I mean, we've seen C.J. Bethard in limited action before, and he's serviceable, but the defense isn't what – it also once was. It, 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 that is also super banged up. So, I mean, it, the 49ers are just in such a bad way with injuries. Uh, you thought that they would be such a competitive part of their crazy hard division. And it, it hasn't really panned out that way so far, in large part thanks to the injuries that they've had. But to the other team, I mean, the Packers, they have got to turn it around soon. I mean, they have looked bad twice in a row and now I have serious questions about their run defense after the what Dalvin Cook just did to them I mean this uh, is the biggest played team on like out of all the COVID-19 issues that teams have had the Niners have obviously been the team that's been hurt more than anybody and you know one season removed from making a Super Bowl now they're sitting at four and four without their quarterback star tight end and most of their defense align like Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas. And, um, you know, we, we knew there was going to be injury issues this season, obviously because of COVID-19 and, you know, less working out in the off season or preseason, but um, it feels like no one has been hurt nearly as much as the 49ers, especially going up against a good team in the Packers. Yeah. It feels like this one's kind of over before it even starts. I don't think I could have put it any better. Um, I definitely do want to see Aaron Rodgers have that, bounce back week um and also Jamal Williams really has to get more production uh yeah he had 16 for 75 but he couldn't get the ball in the end zone also Aaron Rodgers needs to find another target other than Devontae Adams to hit to hit in the end zone certainly would have been helpful if they did pull the trigger on the Will Fuller trade a couple days ago but things didn't work out that's what I was going to say. I think that the Packers are kind of, I mean, obviously we're a couple of days removed now. You can kind of say it with uh, more assurance, but I think the Packers were a loser uh, at the trade deadline for sure. Uh, I really like their roster a lot and I think they can really compete, which is even more of a reason why I wanted to see them make a move, especially when you have a need at 
you know, a second, you know, wide receiver position that is a big part of your offense, and especially for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And I like, like you said, I would like to see them pull the trigger on Will Fuller. They did not. So let's see if it's just something to remember moving forward. Um, in this game, though, I, I have the Packers coming away with this one. I don't know how I like the 49ers defense for since the beginning of the season. Um, also, Nick Mullins or C.J. Bethard, I don't know how much I trust them compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, we, all, in this we, one. we all in agreement in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to see any kind of scenario where the Niners actually pull out a victory here without Garoppolo. I think watching the Packers get gutted on the ground last week by Dalvin Cook and knowing how big a part that it, of the, how big of an emphasis that is for Shanahan, the, the, his rushing scheme, um, if it's going to be down to Jamichael Hasty, but if he is to get some of the big holes that we've seen that offense be able to open up, it, it could gut the Packers and make this a close game, but ultimately they're just outgunned. I mean, Packers – um, moving on to the first game for Sunday afternoon, we got the Texans and the Jaguars battle of the AFC South. Uh, two of the two of the worst teams in the AFC South, AFC South, both coming in with a one and six record. Um, Jake Lawton is the starting quarterback, so that's that's something to start with. Definitely concerning for the Jaguars off the bat. Yeah, it was weird. I'm sorry, go ahead. You're good, go ahead. I was just going to say it was weird to me that they went with Lutton over Mike Glennon, who, I mean, backups are backups, but, I mean, Mike Glennon has NFL experience. And, I mean, I I would just figure at this point that would be the bigger thing. But rolling with Jake Lutton, maybe they see something that we can't. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Um, Also on that defense side of the ball for Jacksonville, Miles Jack still has not practiced. Uh, and that's definitely their leader on that defense since trading away what seems like every star player they've had. Um, another key injury, uh, Tyler Eifert still has not come back. Uh, so that's just another weapon that one is going to be able to throw to. I have to imagine this is going to be the probably the least watched game this weekend. Not a whole lot of steam coming from either which way, but um, you know, we still have Deshaun Watson in Houston, which is kind of the only saving grace there. And the Jaguars, you know, while weren't very watchable to begin with, now you take away Gardner Minshew from the equation and it feels like, you know, it's going to be a tough day to watch any of the bottom feeders in the AFC South play some football. Yeah, yeah. I expect a heavy dose of James Robinson for Jacksonville, especially with the quarterback um, being Jake Lutton and the quarterback situation in general. Um, so I expect a good amount of James Robinson. He's been really good for them, but uh, he really only succeeds when they can keep him in the game plan and they're in a competitive game. And in this one, it's as far as bad teams go, it, it kind of looks like a runaway in my opinion, at least for the Texans, um, just with, it feels like a similar story to the Niners here in Jacksonville. Um, the, the injuries and at a co- position like quarterback is just so big. And especially when, the advantage is going to be so big in the Texans' favor. Yeah, when it, when it comes down to a game like this where you have two really bad football teams, I think sometimes just the best thing you can do is take the better quarterback. And yeah. according to Vegas lines, that's that's the way they're going anyway, trending about a touchdown up for 
you know, Houston. So I think they're definitely uh, interested in taking Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah. I have this uh, Texans 31 to 23. Yeah, and in this case, you, you have to take the, the star player on either side, and that's definitely Deshaun Watson. And I do like DJ Chark, uh, but I don't know if uh, Jake London's really going to be able to get the ball to him as much as Gar- a guy like Gardner Minshew could have. And it's not like uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't have a weapon to throw to. I mean, Will Fuller looks, has looked okay. Uh, same thing with Brandon Cooks. But I don't, I don't see the Texans losing this one. Agreed. Um, moving on to the next game, and I'd like to say it's another bottom feeder game, but the NFC East has just sucked so much. I don't think I can call it a bottom feeder game. Uh, we got the New York Giants against the Washington football team. Um, Washington's coming off a bye week, which is always um, – oh, Always built always, well. Yeah. And coming off uh, the week before, uh, just absolutely murdering the Dallas Cowboys without Andy Dalton or Dak Prescott. Uh, and, game people aren't going to be watching. Yeah. And the New York Giants – of course, you you still don't have your your star player in Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones has not lived up to what he was doing last year. He's been a turnover machine this year. It's actually been almost impressive to watch, but you could still make the argument that the Giants are in a better quarterback situation than Washington, who is now without you know Dwayne Haskins as he's been active for the last handful of weeks. This is going to be another tough one, but Kyle Allen has been fine compared to Dwayne Haskins. And I think that the, what it makes the NFC East so weird this year is that really Washington could actually take a stab at this top spot in the NFC East because Dallas and New York have been so bad. But I think it is still Phillies for the taking, but Washington's really going to be trying to win these games. And Ron Rivera's made that really clear that he wants to try to win this division. Whereas I don't really get the same feel from Joe Judge over in New York. I think they are maybe even just looking at the future and, um, past Daniel Jones after a really, really rough outing this year for Jones. Yeah, um, I, I'm, it's interesting to me that you noted Washington is still kind of competing in the fight, and they were another team that I noted that I was disappointed with at the trade deadline. If they really wanted to compete, um, I think that they, even more so than the, the Packers, have a huge hole at any skill players really outside of well, really just at the wide receiver and tight end position. Um, Logan Thomas has been good. Um, I, I think they can get a little bit better. And then outside of McLaurin, they don't have anybody on the outside. So I think they could have easily gotten help in the trade market there. Uh, they opted not to, but it'll be on um, the duo of McKissick and Antonio Gibson. Those two guys, I, I really do like them the more I watch them in the backfield for Washington. And they've got two really capable running backs there. So I think they should look to get them involved a lot. But I I wish they would have gone for more help because no matter who the quarterback is going to be there at some point, they're going to have to have more than just McLaurin to go to. Um, I don't think I could have said it better there. Um, Also, um, coming into this game, Sterling Shepard is back on the questionable list, uh, as well as Devontae Freeman. So we will see if if they're in the game. Uh, Devontae Freeman came in off of, I believe it was the free agency list in week six, or was it week five? 
I'm not actually sure on that. Definitely, definitely recent. A couple weeks after the Barkley injury. Yeah. Um, but he was he was doing very well in that backfield um, for what that offensive line is. And then not having him is definitely going to hurt. But, I mean, Washington's run defense is one of the better in the league um, with such a young defensive line uh, that is definitely run heavy. That is uh, definitely run defensive heavy. I just think it's going to be difficult for anyone to get anything going in that backfield. Yeah. The story of the game also, Daniel Jones is absolutely terrible when it comes to being pressured. And if Washington can break through the line like they have been able to in recent weeks, then it might be another tough day for Daniel Jones, which it feels like we've seen every week this year. Yeah, I I have Washington in this one. But um, I, will, I do want to say that it was refreshing to watch the Giants on Monday Night Football at least defensively. I thought the defense was better than I had seen it all year, really. And it was against their biggest task of the season. And I thought they played really, really well. If they can replicate some of that moving forward, it's not the most talented group, but they have guys like Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams up front. I mean, those are two really, really talented guys. And they had a big, big game on Monday night. And you talk about James Bradbury on the outside. They have some good players, but it's just, it's about a team effort, and uh, I saw it on Monday night. It wasn't good enough. Obviously, they were just outgunned, but I, I want to see more good play from them, if, even if they keep losing. You make some really important distinctions about the defense there. I think this has been one of the more underrated defenses in the league this year. I mean, this is actually a solid group on defense. Yeah. It just so happens that the offense is so miserable that it's kind of overshadowed everything they've done. So. I do think Washington takes it, but I think it's going to be really low, a low-scoring game, not the uh, not the exciting uh, shootout that a lot of people <laughs> usually hope for. Um, but, you know, I expect Kyle Allen to essentially make less mistakes than Daniel Jones, and I think that will result in a Washington win. We all um, know that divisional games are ugly, and you want to talk about a divisional game in this year's NFC East? Oh, this one could be ugly. <laughs> I just had to say that. Um, moving on to the next game, we got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Indianapolis, uh, both coming in with the five and two record. The the Ravens coming off a, a very heartbreaking loss last week. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, two really bad interceptions that I think costed them the game. But I think they're they're definitely looking to bounce back this week against the Colts. Colts have been a very Decent team this year. I mean, I think that the problem is that they don't necessarily have the same star power as some other teams, but um, I think the Colts are actually going to be able to put up a fight here in this game. I mean, the Colts have been a solid team, a very good defense. I think it is going to come down to what the defense can do against Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, the Colts are going to score some points on offense against the Ravens defense. Probably not a lot, but I I think it's going to come down to if Lamar Jackson get his stride back and he can score points against the Colts defense, I think that'll probably, um, you know, in the game right there. And the Ravens, I do think, will take out a win on this one. Yeah, I have the Ravens in this one as well. Um, I, I just – I do want to say one thing that I think is definitely something to watch moving forward. The Ravens lost Ronnie Stanley – and if you don't know, I'm about to tell you, this guy is one of the best tackles in the NFL. I don't care how old he is. He is so absolutely good. That's a huge, a huge 
injury. I mean, it, it can't be overstated. That really, really hurts them. Um, they're going to, no matter what they get to step in, you're going to have a drop-off. And it's a drop-off that a team like this really doesn't want to happen at this point in the season. But I, I think it, it doesn't hurt them necessarily this week. But I do think we should watch that moving forward. Um, for this Colts team, Phillip Rivers is just – I don't know. It's almost just old man rivers at this point. Uh, it's too inconsistent for me. I don't think that the weapons that he has here in Indianapolis do him any favors. Um, last week they got it done with the running back committee and it really seems like anybody can get it done for them on the ground. It, it just depends on who. So Jonathan Taylor kind of put in the doghouse after starting poor last week and then it just stepped up and it was, I can't actually – Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins is the one who stepped up and, and played huge. And Naheem Hines is their guy through the air. He really helps out Rivers. He's probably the the biggest benef, beneficiary of Rivers, of anybody on that team offensively because it, it just gets spread around to so many people because they're so hurt and inconsistent out there on the outside and even at the tight end position. So the Colts have too many question marks offensively. But we have to remember that the Ravens – are without Marlon Humphrey with the COVID tracing. And it'll be interesting to see who else in their secondary they might be without because of that. Now, I will say um, this Colts defense has been underrated, in my opinion. Um, I mean, of course, Darius Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the league. Uh, Kenny Moore coming off a fantastic week uh, last week. And I think he's going to pair up really well against Hollywood Brown. Um, I think if he can somehow stop, uh, if he can somehow stop Hollywood, uh, have Rocky Austin on the other side, and maybe I don't know if Darius Leonard can really keep up with the guy like Mark Andrews, but if possible, all you really, all you really have to stop is Mark Andrews and and Brown, and and Lamar Jackson is going to have to force things. Anytime you're talking about a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you, it's a big, it's tall task for your defense. I mean, containing a dual threat quarterback, the nature of Lamar Jackson is extremely hard, especially on your defense. When you talk about for an entire game, it is, cannot be overstated. And I think that will, it plays a large part as to why the Ravens win. I just think that dynamic is something that, few teams have but when they have them it's just game breaking and it it makes you can legitimately convert a third and 16 out of nowhere without doing it down the you know through the air with your quarterback's legs and that ability is just so so insane that I'll probably forever pick the Ravens <laughs> but um, I, I think Mark Andrews needs to be a big big emphasis in this game he hasn't played too good in, in a couple weeks now and it's his it's his show in the red zone for them. So he's got to be the guy there. I think this is, this is going to come down to Lamar Jackson. If Lamar can get back on track, the Ravens win it. If he struggles again, then most likely they lose it. I think he's the key to this victory as he usually is for Ravens games, but especially after last week, he's going to need to play a little bit better here against another pretty good defensive team. Um, moving on to the Lions and Vikings. Uh, Vikings coming off a huge win, a huh. huge upset against, uh, NF or uh, 
division rival in the Green Bay Packers and Lions coming off a 20-point uh, uh, blowout uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think the key thing for the Lions in this game is they have to get their they have to get the run game established early because yeah. it was it was non-existent in last week's game. That's been the biggest thing for the Lions for probably Matt Stafford's entire career. I mean, they've just it feels like the run game has always been the question mark for them. They've tried to plug a, a million guys into that hole and try and fix it. But I think this is the first time in a while we can say that they've found, at least in Swift, a really good guy in that position. And I, I think that he is the man for them. He's just so dynamic. He can do it on the ground and through the air. Um, and he's just so talented at doing both of those. And he is obviously the biggest big play threat for them. Um, and, and having a guy like Adrian Peterson helps so much. One, to just mentor him and also to be that consistent workhorse that, you know, we've known him to be his entire career. So, I mean, I, I'd like their Lions run game better this year, but I would be honest, they need to be more worried about the run game for the opposing team in this one, I think, after what we saw last week. This one's going to come all down to running game. Both of these teams are going to do exactly what you just said. I mean, these teams are going to want to establish the run early and probably run the ball the entire game. That being said, I think if it comes down to the point where we start having to throw the ball, I think that's an obvious uh, advantage to the Lions. And while I think the run game is a lot better for the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, I think that this one is going to be a run-heavy game. And as soon as it kind of transitions off to that, if it needs to at all, I think the Lions have a pretty distinct advantage, advantage passing the ball with Matt Stafford. Now, I will say um... – the Lions are most likely to be left out Kenny Galladay for another week. Um, it seems like he's he's barely played this season. I mean, he has 20 catches on the year. And that's that's extremely low for him for because he's not been healthy, um, and that does scare me. When he's played, he has been fantastic, I will say. But, yeah, I mean, just playing has been the big barrier for him. But if, if Dalvin Cook does what he do, did to the Packers, it's going to be a, a long, long night for this Lions defense. Yeah, I think I might be the the odd man out here. But um, I, I thought I kind of disagree. It only I don't know. I'm not sure if you knew that about the Galladay being out. But um, I think that the Vikings have the advantage to the air in this one just because – for one, I have to give a little bit more love to Justin Jefferson. He just last week became the all-time leader through six games, I believe, for the Vikings, surpassing Stefan Diggs and Randy Moss in franchise history, which is – I mean, you talk about a team that already drafts the wide receiver position really well, and two guys like that, that's a huge, huge milestone that he's hit. And I think that he's – already proven to be a difference maker and we already know who Adam Thielen is one of the best wide receivers in the league so uh, I really like the Vikings in this one I have them by five points I just think Dalvin Cook is too different right now and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen can really get it done and they're really good options for Kirk Cousins I think I think we might have missed this Stafford is not actually going to be playing this weekend it sounds due to COVID-19. 
Oh yeah, he is on the wow. he is on the reserve list right yeah, now. He is on the reserve. I don't know what that looks like, but uh, if he's not playing, um, I think that kind of quickly transitions everything to a potential Vikings victory there. Um, yeah. I still like the pass game of the Lions. I I really like T.J. Hawkinson. I have a lot of faith in Marvin mm-hmm. Jones, and they they kept him around at the deadline. Um, I like it, but depending if Stafford is in or not, I think that is a huge sway. And uh, it sounds like you have a lot of faith in the Vikings already, but if Stafford's not playing, I think that's a huge advantage, and the Vikings should be able to pull this one out. Who yeah. would their Who would their quarterback be if Staff? Who was their quarterback last year? It was um, John Kitna. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wait, who 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 was it? Um, because Stafford. I think it's Chase Daniel now, but the guy that played last year, I think it was David Blau, the, the undrafted. Uh, yeah. I yeah, think that uh, would put Chase Daniel in, the former Bears backup. Yeah. If if you're in that situation, then yeah, put put Chase Daniel in. But if if anything else, like if Stafford is around, I think I think Detroit can pull this out. Um, it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a very close game because how how well Dalvin Cook can run the ball and how how shoddy this this Colts defense can or this Lions defense can be at times. But it, it really all depends on Stafford playing or not. Yeah, it's going to be a very slow-paced game. It's going to take a while. It's going to be running out the clock and consistent runs, it feels like. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the Bears going to the Titans. Um <sighs> I've I've said it all year. I don't like the Bears. Um, I think they're a fraud of a team. I still think they're a fraud of a team. Um, there is still reports of Nick Foles getting benched uh, back from Mitch Trubisky. So we will we'll see if that ends up uh, coming true. But for this game, um, Derrick Henry is going to feast on this defense. I think it's going to be a battle. I, I really do. I, I think um, I, I am. I do agree with you. I, I think the Bears are more of a fraud, but I do think that the reason that they're a fraud in five and two is in large part due to their stellar defense. I mean, we know what their with their their front seven isn't as good as it was. Um, they do have Roquan Smith at middle linebacker, who I absolutely love. They're you know, pass rush isn't as good as it once was, but their secondary is as good as I've ever seen it. The tandem of Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson has been so good for them this season. And I think really until I see that defense get just absolutely gutted, I think that they put themselves in a position to be in a shootout kind of position in every game. Um, this Titans deep offense is a different kind of beast. And so is Derrick Henry, but I just think that the the Bears defense is so stout team wise that it his Derrick Henry's like wearing down the defense effect that he can have isn't going to happen on this defense. I mean, I, um, I agree with the idea that uh, you know this Titans offense is going to be able to get it done, but I go in a different different way because of that. I'm actually Ryan Tannehill has been fantastic this year. I mean, he if the league ended right now, he'd probably be top five in MVP voting, obviously far off of Russell Wilson. But I mean, he has been spectacular this season, like he was in the second half of last year. And I think that he 
of course, Derrick Henry is, you know, the top, you know, running back in the league, or at least has been over the last, you know, half year. But Ryan Tannehill has been another another level already. Seventeen touchdowns to only three interceptions. I mean, we'd maybe even be talking about this guy in an MVP conversation if Russell Wilson wasn't breaking records right now. I think Tannehill has been absolutely monstrous for this Titans team, and I think he's the main reason for why they've been so good over the last year or so. Not necessarily Derrick Henry. And I think that I think he's the main reason why I do think they're going to be able to get it done because more or less Nick Foles has struggled. And, you know, we, we could see a scenario, like Jason said, where Foles gets benched this week, maybe even during the game because of poor play. And that could potentially happen, especially against this Titans defense. Yeah, this this Titans defense has been been very good this year. Um, only slip ups really happened to. Uh, the Steelers and what was the other team? The Bengals what? last week. Oh yeah, that was that was just a bad game in in general because Joe Burrow just dominated everyone. But also, I I do like Ryan Tannehill. I do think he is is the difference maker for this team. Also, I am a huge fan of AJ Brown. I think he was a a steal for them in the draft. Um, definitely one of the the better. Uh, receivers out of his draft class also Corey Davis is finally coming back into his own uh, especially yeah. after last week's performance almost 130 yards and a touchdown uh, I, I definitely do have the Titans going into this one I don't know how much I can trust the Bears offense um, considering their their QB situation I wouldn't be too surprised either way here if the if the Bears were to pull one out, you know, um, very good defense. Allen Robinson still playing at wide receiver. And I think there's certainly a good shot here to go either way. But um, if having to pick, I think it only makes sense to go in favor of the Titans here. Then it's a clean sweep. I'm with the Titans as well. Um, moving on to the next game. Uh, the return of Christian McCaffrey is here. We got the Panthers versus the Chiefs. And my God, I am so excited to see Christian McCaffrey play again. Uh, it's been, what, six, seven weeks since he's played? Yeah. I believe so. Week two or three? I think it was midway week two. Or end of the game week two, I think. And the thing with this Panthers team is they've kept it really close. And uh, Mike Davis has been playing phenomenal. Uh not exactly the same uh, playmaker as uh, Christian McCaffrey is, but has been very, very serviceable for this team. But Christian McCaffrey coming back, you you now really have to worry about the Panthers. I think I, – I, I mean, I like this Panthers team, and I've been very impressed with them this year. I do think it would be absolutely bizarre to pick them to win over the Chiefs. Um, especially oh, yeah. with the, the the Panthers are coming off of a loss to um, the Falcons last week on Thursday night football. I, I just, as much as I, I think this Panthers team has been one of the, I would say one of the stories of this year, Matt rules done a fantastic job. I think they're early in his tenure, um, but going up against Patrick Mahomes is a, is a different kind of beast that, um, you know, is going to be a big challenge that they haven't necessarily had yet. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that, the return of CMC couldn't have come soon enough for 
Um, the Panthers, I think that they did a really good job in his absence. But um, in the last uh, couple of performances from Davis, um, like I said, he filled in admirably. But the last couple of losses left a little bit desired. And um, I think it could be a good, good thing because while McCaffrey was out, we saw <clears> – <throat> excuse me, Bridgewater developed some really, really good chemistry with the guys on the outside that we didn't see that, you know, first two weeks while McCaffrey was there, you know, now all of a sudden Bridgewater has this good rapport with, you know, DJ Moore, uh, Robbie and Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And uh, Curtis Samuel as of last week. So, I mean, the, the offense has a lot of reasons to look up, but I mean, let's not play ourselves. You guys said it. I mean, it's the chiefs, uh, they are the team to beat in the league, and it's for a reason. I mean, we saw what easy, how easy it looked for them last week versus the Jets. And the Panthers aren't the Jets, but it should come relatively easy again. Oh, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm just saying, like, I'm excited to see McCaffrey back finally. Um, finally get to see how he is coming off injury. And if He's not. He's definitely not going to be an MVP voting again this year. But when you have a runner-up MVP coming back off injury, you have to be excited no matter what. Oh, absolutely. I, he's on my fantasy team, so I'm ecstatic. <laughs> mine, mine as well. It, it was a tough couple weeks without him, but I'm excited to see him back in action. Yep. Um, moving on to the next game, you brought him up earlier, Jackson. We got the Russell Wilson-led Seattle Seahawks uh, going up against the Buffalo Bills. Um, is it, is it doubtful? Is it difficult to say that DK Metcalf might be the best receiver in the league this year? No. Is it that crazy though, to also say that his other receiver, Tyler Lockett has been the best receiver in the league this year? <laughs> I mean, that's the Russell Wilson effect. <laughs> I, I think, I do think DK Metcalf is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I don't think he's the best wide receiver playing in this game today. I think uh, on Sunday, I think, I think Stefan Diggs has really, you know, showed himself that he's not part of the rest of the pack in the NFL this season. He has been huge for Josh Allen. And while Josh Allen has been very, very good, um, you know, he has fallen off in a couple of weeks, but I think Stefan Diggs has been one of the, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL this year, maybe behind DeAndre Hopkins, who has completely transformed Arizona. But I, I think that, Stephon Diggs does have DK a little bit beat, um, at least right now in the current season. Um, but this is going to be a fun one to watch. Josh Allen has definitely fallen off from the first four or five weeks starting off, you know, when he was early in the MVP race. And now he's going up against a guy that everybody has in the MVP race and Russell Wilson, who has just been absolutely let loose by Pete Carroll and has been fantastic to start this season. I like what you said about Diggs, especially because Diggs gets the benefit this week of playing against the Seahawks, who are so far at least ranked dead last against the pass this season. So, um, you know, it, at least we know that Stephon Diggs is going to get the easier slate this week. But um, they're both phenomenal wide receivers. Stephon Diggs, again, on my fantasy team. So maybe I like him a little more, but either way, um, I wanted to touch on something I saw for the Bills that I, I think has to be addressed. Um, Zach Moss, to me at this point in time, is giving them by far the best chance to, you know, compete and win out of the backfield right now. Um, Devin Singletary 
was doing pretty good to start the season, but um, has also kind of fallen off in tandem with Josh Allen, you know, especially here late. And um, Zach Moss coming off of, you know, coming back from injury has stepped in perfectly. And I think, you know, they should, it would bode well for them to, you know, keep putting it in his hands. Absolutely. And I think that's exactly what a lot of people expected this year too, is Singletary finally starts falling off a little bit and Moss takes over. I mean, he's extremely talented and, you know, that's why they took a guy like him, but um, he's definitely helped transform this run game that has two threats because Josh Allen can use his legs there a little bit. Yeah. Um, I definitely do want to see Josh Allen finally uh, get back into MVP form like it was earlier in the season Uh, has had a, a bad slate of three games in a row. Uh, I don't know how to how to really gauge this game. I do think Seattle is going to walk away with this one just because I think they have the more talented offense just all around, especially if Chris Carson does play. Um, but even without him, DJ Dallas is, is an okay running back. Uh, but Russell Wilson – it's between him and Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback in the league. But if you, you have a top two quarterback in your backfield, it's very difficult to go against that team. Yeah. I'm, I'm with the Seahawks in this one. I think it's going to be a really close um, high scoring game in this one. Um, I have it a one point 38 to 37 victory, but um, uh, to me, the, the only alarm for the Seahawks in this one is like you, you touched on if Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are unavailable and if um, forced to go to a guy like DJ Dallas, who looked good last week, but um, I think you know you don't have to be, but so outstanding playing beside in the past playing with an offense that has the passing game that they do. So I mean, I, I think he benefits from that, and um, and I don't think it hinders them too much. I think the Seahawks slide barely in this one. I'm going to go a little bit against the grain here. I think actually the Bills are going to take this one. I think more or less, I think Josh Allen's going to get back on track. And I think a big part of that is because of, you know, how bad this passing defense just has been. I think that it's going to be a huge benefactor to kind of help him get back on pace here a little bit. And uh, even in the recent games, you know, he's hasn't been exactly asked to do anything too crazy. I mean, they beat the Jets handily. You're finally asking Josh Allen to go out there and, you know, really start airing the ball out. And I think that he absolutely will be able to with Stephon Diggs, John Brown. I, I think they have a good receiver core. And I think that I think that the Bills defense is going to be the big story of this one. And uh, even if they can stop Russell here a little bit, um, I think they got a chance to take this one. I, I think it might end up being like another Cardinal situation where if they do win, it's it might go to overtime. Um, and the, the Bills could have a miraculous comeback. I, I do still think uh, Russell Wilson will will pull it out, but it, it wouldn't shock me if Josh Allen can somehow upset him. Yeah, this is a potential game of the week. I think there's one that's a little bit better, but this is one of the one of the must games to watch uh, this week yeah. for everybody tuning in. I, I really think it's between this game and maybe that Ravens and Colts game. I'd actually swing a little bit more to the Bucks and the Saints a little bit. I think that's going to be big for the division yeah. in, the, in the whole grand, grand scheme of things. But yeah. this maybe talent-wise is the best of the best. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have the Broncos and the Falcons. Uh, both coming off uh, victories, which is uh, a little bit shocking for how both of these teams have performed this year. 
Um, Drew Locke didn't look terrible last week. Uh, he, he's looking like uh, he did last season towards the end of the year, um, playing pretty well. I'd like to see him continue that against a, a subpar Falcons defense. I think a big part of, um, you know, the win last week was, I think I kind of predicted it. I, I gave KJ Hamler some love and then he went out and caught the game was winning touchdown. So um, I think I may have jinxed that, but um, I said it that last week, I'll say it again, his, these young wide receivers in Denver are dynamic and I really do like them. And I, I think, especially when you add a guy like Noah Fan in on top of that, Drew Locke really doesn't have any reason to um, – or ha- he has no excuses at this point. And um, I, I liked a lot of, from what I saw from him. It was the first game where I felt like he looked, you know, in rhythm. He kind of rushed to come back from his injury. So um, I'm willing to throw out the, the poor performances I saw from him during that period, um, if we can get another one in this one. And I, I'm leaning towards that. There's – now starting to be some rumors about Von Miller coming back this season. And um, the Broncos are still in contention for it. And I just think that they have more to play for than this Falcons team who did rebound last week and looked better, but I just don't know how much I can buy from their offense, especially with Calvin Ridley out and Tack McKinley, one of their most talented defensive players. So frustrated. So I have the Broncos. I think the Falcons, I think the big thing with the Falcons is they've looked like a completely different team since they fired Dan Quinn. And uh, I think, I think what you kind of pointed out there, I think the biggest thing that worries me is Calvin Ridley, but you're still going to have Julio there. I think the Falcons definitely have a shot to win this. Um, I like Drew Locke. He, he maybe not has played great since his return, but at the very least um, I think Denver was able to get a whole lot of smoke going their way. Um, after that big win last week. And I think they're going to be able to pull together a couple of uh, big wins here in the, in the coming weeks. And uh, like you said, I, I mean, this, this receiving core is great. I mean, and don't forget about the tight end, Noah Fant there, you know, Drew Locke has plenty of options to go to. Um, I think a lot of people are very big on uh, Judy there and um, even Cortland Sutton. He has a lot of, lot of young talent around him. And I think that's a big reason why I think a lot of people do like this Denver team. Um, and I think they're going to be able to put together some uh, some wins here. And I, I think the Broncos are um, not going to blow them out, but I, th- I think they will uh, squeeze out a close one against the Falcons. Also, I think the X factor for this game is if Philip Lindsley can keep this uh, this three-game tear that he's been on, um, keep it up to a four-game tear. Um, played very well against the Chiefs uh, two weeks ago. Uh, nine rushes for 79 yards. That's that's almost nine yards of carry, which against that Chiefs defense isn't really likely for most de- for most uh, most running backs in the league. And Philip Lindsay uh, last year looked like one of the better young running backs in the league. Just had to take more of a backseat with Melvin Gordon coming in, but has definitely taken that starting role back, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it can be a committee thing for them. Um, I think both of those guys offer, you know, so much versatility uh, out of the backfield. And they are another two guys to, you know, all the other guys that we, you know, gave love to in the passing game for Denver, those are the guys that directly help um, Drew Locke. And then the running backs can do that in, you know, the passing game. But 
a lot of what they do is take the load off of Drew Locke with the run game. And I think both of them are capable in, in different ways, but both capable on the ground. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the Las Vegas Raiders and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the Chargers definitely fumbled the bag last week against the Broncos. Um, Justin Herbert just couldn't steal it, and that defense uh, let Drew Locke do whatever do whatever he wanted in the second half to them, especially in that fourth quarter. Absolutely. I, I personally, I've been high on the Raiders since before this season. Um, I have a lot of faith in Derek Carr, and I do think this team is for real. I mean, Josh Jacobs has already been fantastic this year. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding some young studs in Las Vegas, like, of course, um, Henry Ruggs. I think that I think the Raiders are actually a very, very good football team. And I don't think uh, people have really given them enough credit this season. Um, and I, I do like Justin Herbert, but, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot of growing pains going on in Los Angeles right now with the Chargers. Um, I think the Raiders are going to pull this one out. And I think the Raiders ultimately are going to be pushing a little bit for a playoff spot. Um, just this season alone. Um, I think they have a really good team. Um, and I think they're one of the teams that's kind of just flying under the radar. I really like what you said about the Raiders there. Um, the thing that I like so much about the Raiders is their defense. Um, defense to me is always the kicker. Um, given, you know, uh, the number one offense and number one defense, I'm the kind of person that will always kind of lead in defense. Um, it's just how it speaks to me, I guess, in my eye test the most. And this Raiders defense is awesome. I mean, we all know that John Gruden is capable of creating awesome defenses. We saw it. Um, we were very young, but we saw it in Tampa Bay way back when. But this transformation has been really, really fast. Um, we all know he doubled down on himself and dealt out, you know, all available talent that they had really for whatever picks he could recoup. And he's turned those picks into – scheme fits for his defense and they are a lot of them at least are paying off and this defense is looking really really good and then when on the other side of the ball you got Derek Carr playing the way we've seen um Justin Herbert is absolutely fantastic but I think at this point in time his defense holds him back a lot it's as star-studded as it is it just doesn't play to its potential and that is what is allowing the Chargers to blow all these leads? And if they want to turn it all around, they're going to have to start pointing fingers at their defense. Um, really, in this in this game, it's really going to come down to which defense uh, can stop a a gunslinging quarterback. Um, and I think the the Raiders definitely have the uh, better secondary to be able to do that against a, a young QB and Justin Herbert. Yeah, I will always say when you have a young quarterback like Justin Herbert, you know, nothing to lose kind of situation, you always have a threat, especially with a guy that's, you know, as talented as we've seen him be this season, at least, um, you know, he's the Chargers are in a situation where they are pretty much just a big game from him away from winning or being in some really tight games. So um, I think he does a lot in this one and, and keeps it close, but I've got the Raiders by five, ultimately. I mean, their defense is just, too good in my opinion yeah I think I think defense is going to be a big part of this one I think this one actually could potentially um you know go two plus scores in favor of the Raiders I'm a lot bigger on the Raiders than I think the Chargers at least in this current moment and I think that Derek Carr is going to be able to get it done and they're going to I think more than anything they're going to rely on Josh Jacobs a lot this week to 
to kind of seal the game. Um, moving on to the next game, we have what has been the, the most shocking team, in my opinion, this season. Uh, the Miami Dolphins facing up against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Miami coming off a huge upset against the the uh, Los Angeles Rams, which I predicted. I, I know I probably got a lot of slack for that, but I came out of that on the on the upper side. And yeah, I was there. Miami has looked <laughs> pretty good. Um, Tua didn't exactly have uh, the this the first start everyone wanted, but that defense and second the special teams was fantastic. I think more than anything, it's amazing that we're talking about this game, and there's actually like there's an argument to be had for the Miami Dolphins. It feels like last year that would have sounded insane, but I think not only that, I think they have a chance to win this game as well. We've seen the Cardinals, you know, literally struggle against good or bad teams this year. You know, they lost to the Lions early in the season. They also dropped um, another game to a, to a poor, uh, the Panthers earlier on, but they've had some issues with, I guess, underestimating some teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Cardinals somehow pulled that off again. Um, and the Dolphins have a very good team and, um, you know, we'll see how the matchups look up, but if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be, you know, matched up with Byron Jones, you know, the, the Dolphins really have a chance in this one. Absolutely. For the Dolphins, I mean, the reason why they're in this position is because of their defense. Uh, I, I, like I said earlier, uh, I love these defense first and foremost, and, I have to also give love to their head coach, Brian Flores. Um, for the turnaround that we've seen with the Raiders, we have seen the exact same kind of turnaround from the Dolphins, and we cannot discredit it. Um, I wish there was another kind of coaching award in Major League Sports because coaches like Gruden and Flores, while they won't be in contention for Coach of the Year, should absolutely be in contention for some award for what they're doing and turning around these teams. Um, I, it's so fit, good that they're back-to-back -back because similar kinds of stories. Um, but for this one, I, I want to see a better effort from Tua, and I, I feel like this is going to be the first true test. Um, the defense for Miami is really, really good, but it's a much taller task this week versus the Cardinals. Um, they, I still expect them to be stout, but – it's going to be much harder to do that for four quarters versus this Cardinals offense and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, so many options. But this is going to be to his first test. Um, and I'm going to be watching closely. Um, I really want to see because this Dolphins team is scarily right now just a quarterback away. Um, Fitzpatrick did everything we know him to do, but it was just the inconsistency and the – Dolphins are in a position where now they're like, okay, we need to see what we have in Tua right now because that's how good our team is. And this is, I think, his first true test. I feel pretty good about Tua playing now. I think one of the biggest things is that the Rams have had one of, if not, well, not better than the Steelers, but, you know, potentially even the second best defense in the NFL this year. They've been fantastic. And that's kind of what you expect when you have Aaron Donald up there. But I think Tua already was tested very, very heavily against the Rams. And I think for him, this is going to feel a lot easier going up against um, the Cardinals defense. Um, and I think, I think it's going to come more or less down to if the Miami defense is actually going to be able to stop Kyler Murray. Um, and on the point of Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray's gotten way too much credit this year. 
Um, you know, we, you know, we obviously had a lot of people touting him as the MVP before the season started and um, touting essentially a Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes breakout year. Um, and it hasn't even been remotely close to that. Um, I think he's gotten a little bit too much credit and it probably is because he's playing with DeAndre Hopkins and um, they are off to a nice start, but um, I don't think you can get it twisted that defense run game and DeAndre Hopkins have had as much, if not even more to do with their early success. And even then they've still lost to some bad teams. And I, I think the two and the dolphins are actually gonna have a chance here. I think they're actually gonna be able to be able to uh, pull this one out and continue to run their on. Um, and two is going to be off to a nice start. I did just want to clarify. I, I meant as a test for Tua, I, I mean it in more of a sense of, I do agree. I mean, the Rams defense is insane, but I mean more of a test of seeing an actual game from Tua. Um, at no point really outside of the first eight minutes did Tua take a snap and you felt like the game was in jeopardy. So um, I'm going to be more watching how it, we can see a full four quarters from Tua and what that looks like um, because I like options that this Dolphins team has. I mean, you talk about Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Miles um, Gaskin has even, you know, stepped up in a really big way for them. So they have options. I forget about Mike Gusecki. So, but I, I have the Cardinals in this one. Um, I think um, the, the, from what I've seen from this Cardinals offense and the strides I've seen lately from this Cardinals defense, um, I think gets it done. Just to point out what you said real quick, like with, with Tua, I think that's going to be the thing to watch in this game is, you know, they did play it very, very conservative with him against the Rams. Um, and I'd love to see if they finally kind of let it loose and um, give him a shot to go out there and play some football. Exactly, exactly. Um, I got to go with the Dolphins again this week. Um, that defense has been playing phenomenally. And if they can, if they can scratch away another, another special team score um, and get – uh, Arizona on the ropes early besides that Seahawks game Arizona on the ropes early I don't think they could really uh, they haven't really played that well um, I think the only thing that really happened in Seattle game um, Russell Wilson made mistakes and that's what led them to losing that game but if if Miami can can come out slinging the ball early get a get a score or two very quickly I think they could easily come out of this one yeah I think it's a safe bet that whichever team wins the turnover battle wins this one um moving on to uh what I think is gonna be the biggest blowout of the week we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys um we've just we've seen the Cowboys get manhandled week after week after week uh three weeks in a row huge blowouts yeah and And what makes it worse is those were against bad teams for the most part and that's what's going to hurt more than anything you know obviously the the eagles and washington are two very incapable football teams um and the fact that the cowboys were able to get routed against them is um definitely a a bad sign of what's to come against the steelers um, who is still the only undefeated team in the NFL and has been uh, wildly impressive this season. Um, we don't even know what the quarterback situation looks like in Dallas. It sounds like it's going to be a battle between uh, Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert in camp this week. They don't want to play Ben DiNucci anymore. Um, Dallas is just an absolute mess. Um, and I, I, Dallas is so bad to the point where I'd like to see Dallas match up against the New York Jets 
and I think we'd be taking the Jets. I mean, that's just how bad things have gotten in Dallas. Um, you know, you have the league's worst defense um, in the NFL, and, you know, without Dak Prescott, that offense has been obsolete. Um, also, Zeke has not been performing whatsoever. Um, another bad week, uh, and you just can't have that if you are claimed to be a top three running back in the league. I think more than anything, it's hurting that they're stacking the box on every play because they want to have Ben DiNucci trying to beat him, and Ben DiNucci's not going to be able to beat you. And uh, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush isn't going to be able to beat you e either. I think uh, until Darnold – or uh, not Darnold, oof. Until Dalton is back, I, I think this is going uh, very, very poorly for Dallas. Um, I want to touch real quick on the Steelers. Um, being my winner of the trade deadline, um, they lost Devin Bush, which still cannot be – you can't overstate that. Um, it is a huge loss, but Steelers may be the winners, but also Avery Williamson is a winner. He goes from 0-7 on the Jets to 7-0 on the Steelers. I mean, it, life is so different for this man right now, and we cannot forget about that. Um, he's going to be a huge – person to step up and replace what Devin Bush is and I mean he doesn't even have to do much because I mean every spot around him is as good as it gets so I mean it's going to be very different for him not having to make every tackle but um the the Steelers got better and that's scary right now I I just think that it's going to be a a murder uh for the Steelers offense going against what can be argued to be the, the worst defense in the NFL. I don't think that can – I don't think there's many people in the NFL world that can argue against that. I mean, you have Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. And, I mean, Leighton, even Leighton Vander Esch has, hasn't looked that great this year. Certainly a tough spot, and you kind of got a feel for the Cowboys here. I mean, they're going to get – uh, I'd be surprised if this one is within even two scores. Um, I, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game for Dallas, um, but I do expect the Steelers to kind of just run the ball the entire game and um, you know kind of just you know I guess in a way come away with a pretty easy victory. Um, and I don't I don't expect Dallas to be able to get the ball moving at all. That defensive line should be able to swallow up Zeke, and uh, I don't, I think they're going to stack the box on every play and tell whoever is behind center for the Cowboys to try to beat him with their arm. And uh, it's not going to go well. I think James Conner is finally going to have that, that real breakout game this year from this year. Um, moving on to Sunday, uh, to Sunday night football, um, the Saints and Bucks. And I just want to say this. The Buccaneers have weapons on weapons on weapons. Oh. Everybody's going to be watching this game this week, and you know exactly why. They got a shiny new toy. A very, very shiny new toy in Antonio Brown. Um, everybody's tuning into this game. I know people yeah. that tuned into the game last week because they thought he was playing. <laughs> Everybody watched Monday Night Football because they thought Antonio Brown was playing, and he wasn't. Um, now he finally is going to be playing. It's a divisional matchup. It's the two best teams in the NFC South and the Saints and the Bucks. It's Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. 
Antonio Brown's first game. We, we, we've heard some rumblings here about Michael Thomas. Not sure where he stands still. Even Alvin Kamara has been dealing with some injuries, but hopefully they can get those guys back. But this is going to be a marquee matchup to watch this week. Absolutely. I'm just going to say this right now. I am look very much looking forward to watching this game. But if I'm going to get my ears blown off every time one of these quarterbacks throws a touchdown and breaks the other one's record, I don't think I'm going to be able to survive. It, it, I understand it, it's an important race, but let's just see where they're at at the end of the game. Um, I don't need a you know, breaking news update every time one of them throws a touchdown. Either way, I think that you know, Michael Thomas has to come back for the Saints this week. Um, they've been able to hang in there with a Herculean effort from Kamara uh, doing it on the ground and through the air and really being the guy for them through the air. They have to have Michael Thomas back this week, especially with the amount of options they're going to be facing. Um, so I think I have the Bucks either way if he plays, but the Saints only, in my mind, really have a chance if Michael Thomas is a go. Now, I will say um, the forty or the the Saints did trade for for former Buccaneers linebacker and Quan Alexander. Uh, so if he does play, um, it is kind of unlikely that he will, uh, considering he's still suffering with injury. But if he does play, that could be a a huge huge uh, revenge game for Quan Alexander. That'd be certainly be, there's so many different scenarios to actually watch in this game, which is going to be a blast. But um, not only are we talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but these two defenses have been really, really good this year. Um, And I think it's going to come down to essentially more or less the defense opposing the quarterback. But I do think that Tom Brady has really, really come in this year and, um, been really good. And I mean, Drew Brees has as well, of course, but uh, Tom Brady has really shown out in the last five or so weeks. Um, and not only that, he's now adding Antonio Brown into the mix. We've seen Gronk get a little more involved. Um, I think the Buccaneers are going to actually going to be able to get the ball going here a little bit. Um, I think they're going to have to rely on the pass a lot, though. I don't think the run game is going to go very far um, against the Saints defense, but I think Brady's going to be able to get it done with his arm. Uh, Brady does look like he's he's shed off years off his game. I will say that um, just for how good he's looked. Um, I do want to say both teams are coming off very, very close games against teams that they should have easily beat uh, with the Saints. I think they should they should have really easily beat the Bears and then the Buccaneers should have blown out the Giants. So it is a little the defenses are going to be a little scary, but I think it's just going to be a shootout from both QBs, especially if Michael Thomas comes back. Absolutely. That's going to be a key to watch too, especially as Michael Thomas, if he comes back, that'll change a lot, not just for this game, but it'll change a lot for the season in general for the Saints. Um, But prediction wise, I think I have to go with the, the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play in Tom Brady. Agreed. I think I think the Bucks, not even just the quarterback battle. I think the Bucks overall, the better team, um, better weapons, a lot of uncertainty on the Saints. You, you know, you traded for Quan. You probably don't have Quan Alexander playing. Alvin Kamara is dealing with injury. Michael Thomas would be coming off of injury if he even plays. 
Uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty there. I think it makes sense to go with the Bucks, who not only are fantastic, but are trying out a brand new Tory and Antonio Brown. And moving on to the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. <sighs> Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm going to go ahead and call my shot right now. I think this is the one game the Jets win this year. Ooh. I think they're going to beat the Patriots on Monday. I, I think Sam Darnold is a very capable quarterback. And while the Jets are, don't get me wrong, absolutely terrible, the Patriots are now without Julian Edelman. Um, if, I, yeah. if I'm still correct, I believe Stephon Gilmore is still dealing with his knee injury. Um, I think if there's a chance for the Jets to beat the Patriots, I think it's going to be in this game. I think that – I think more than anything, this is just going to be a really, really difficult game to watch for everybody. Uh, <laughs> but looking at the offense, I'd pick Darnold over Newton, and I, I, I guess the best wide receiver in the game is going to be Jamison Crowder potentially that's just that's just bad (laughs) i mean that that's kind of where this game's at it's going to be a really really bad game to watch between two really really bad football teams but but i think the jets finally get it done wow that is a hot take this is just a depressing game altogether though (laughs) this Um, is probably the going to be the one of the worst games i've I've ever watched absolutely I just have to say, um, touch on this, just as a Virginia Tech Hokie, the Patriots did acquire Isaiah Ford from the Dolphins. And I am, that's one reason why I'll be watching this game. I want to see, they traded for him. He, we know how many question marks they have at the wide receiver position this season with Edelman out and Nikeel Harry's frustrating development and injuries. So I, think Isaiah Ford should be thrust into an instant um, instant role, and I'm tuning in just to watch that. But other than this, I, I think – I don't think I could ever pick the Jets this season. I will say that, um, but I will agree with you. If there's a game to win, this is it. And um, you almost swayed me, but um, I want, like, two touchdowns from Isaiah Ford. So. I think – First of all, if Cam if Cam struggles against this defense, I think I think Bills might just pull him. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, if Cam is struggling against the Jets, I think he's gonna instantly. If he has one bad quarter where he just can't get anything, like three possessions, I would give Cam. If he can't get anything going, I would put instead him. And I know I know everybody's been really really harsh on Darnold and the Jets this year, but statistically through the air, Sam Darnold has been the superior quarterback out of him and Cam Newton. Which is weird to say, considering Cam's a former pretty, MVP. But man, it, I mean, it's been it's been rough, especially the last Cam since coming back from COVID has been a a tough tough yeah. situation to watch. I mean, on the ground he's been okay, but just through the air it's been god awful. I mean, we also now that Edelman's out. I mean, I, I'm not even sure does can Isaiah Ford step in as the best wide receiver? Is it still Damari Bird? Like you know. These options for this team are terrible. Yeah. 
Um, I I think I still have to go with the Patriots, um, but I can definitely see the Jets pulling this one out just because of how bad the Patriots really have been. Um, I mean, yeah, they almost beat the Bills, but that's because Josh Allen has been on a, a very bad slump the past three weeks. Um, and it was mostly on the ground. Uh, it was all on the ground. Uh, and also, you also got to remember the Patriots haven't been able to win a game since September. Yeah. it's It's been a long, tough road. And Well, the thing is the Jets haven't won a game since, what, like December it's, last year? It's been even longer, <laughs> of course. But these are just – these are two very, very yeah. bad football teams. I think if there's any any chance for another 0 and 16 team, I think it's the I think it's the Jets. But hey, they they might end that here. I, I agreed. It, it's possible. Um, but I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, thank you, Jackson, for joining us. I hope to see you again next week. Um, there are some some really really fine games this week. Uh, the Bucks and Saints the Seahawks and Bills, the Ravens and Colts, the Bears and Titans. And, uh, I mean, there are also some stinkers like the Giants and Washingtons, the Steelers and Cowboys. But I think it's going to be a very good week of fo- football for the NFL, and I hope you all enjoy the games. Uh, I've been your host, Jason Mitchell, joined alongside Ian Hatcher and Jackson Didley, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>